Welcome to the Women of Steer podcast. My name is Nia Singleton and I'm a woman working in a man's world. The steel industry is overwhelmingly male. At Tata Steel, only 11% of our employees are women and most of us are concentrated within white collar and office-based roles. With a plethora of fantastic manufacturing positions at our fingertips, why is it then that we don't occupy those positions? Is it due to family or caring commitments? Is it because we feel we don't belong? Is a traditionally male workplace really somewhere we should be encouraging women to work? Well, I'm here to tell you that we do belong and we should take those positions. While there may not be many of us yet, we have a number of trailblazing women carving career paths that many of us aspire to follow. Across this series, I will be talking to those women, the women who have challenged the status quo, pioneers in their field. So sit back and join us for a conversation on career choices, gender, and what it means to be a successful woman in a man's world. Today's guest is Amanda Brady. Amanda joined Tata Steel as Tata Steel UK's HR Director in 2019, having worked at a high level across a number of well-known hotel and hospitality brands, including the Celtic Manor, Whitbread and Premier Inn and the Marriott Hotel chain. As HR Director for Whitbread, Amanda had responsibility for 70,000 employees across the chain's 785 hotels, 400 restaurants and 3,000 coffee shops in the UK and internationally. She was part of the executive team that took the Premier Inn from 20,000 rooms to 85,000 rooms. With experience of working at the highest level across business and management and management of multi-million pound budget portfolios. Amanda has also worked as an executive level consultant, working with household names such as Prezzo and Lloyd's Pharmacy. She is a non-executive director on a number of charity boards, including People's First, a board member and trustee for Hospitality Action, which was established in 1837 and offers vital assistance to all who work or have worked within hospitality in the UK. So, Amanda, after a long career in hospitality and independent consulting, what made you want to take up the position of HR director for Tata Steel in the UK? (laughs) Well, that's a very interesting question. So I think because I held, you know, such big and large positions within London, I lived in London for probably 20 years, but I am from Wales and I always wanted to come back to Wales. And um, because Whitbread's portfolio was going to change and I had the insight of that much earlier on than than it was publicised, I decided to come back to Wales full time. And I was working with a number of consultants and one of the consultants rang me who is a headhunter and said, you know, there's a a great opportunity in Wales for you, which has a great culture because culture is very important to me. And he said, it's manufacturing. And I sort of went, oh, I've never done that before. (laughs) Yeah. But actually, I I said I would come and meet Tora Martin Brunnock. Uh, of which I did, and I went into the operation, and I could feel the passion of the people, which was really important. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, I can see myself working here, and I think, you know, I could bring some insight from externally that I obviously acquired during my long career that probably would be beneficial to change some of the myths of 
steel industry. So would you say then um, that working in steel is very different to working in hospitality or is it, does it not matter what the industry is? It's people are people. People, I think people are people. I think as long as you create a culture, you create the conditions for people to flourish and feel individuals and, and their contribution is really valued. Yeah. I think whatever industry you're in, I don't think it really matters. And I think in HR, because it is about people, it's very generalist skills that can cut, cut across many different sectors. So I think it's quite helpful, really, that I chose that particular profession. I was going to say, so going back to the start of your career, what yeah. made you choose HR then? Did you fall upon I it? Fell, fell into HR. So I was a graduate with Hilton. And uh, so they lead you into more operational roles, which I did. I was a general manager for them at 23. Um, However, they always said, you have got a good lens and a bend into people. You are very good Mm -hmm. at developing people. And so they sponsored me to do my CIPD, uh, of which was called IPM when I did it. So that just shows how old I am. And then I sort of went in as a, a UK role. Uh, but then I went back into general management and then went back into HR with the Celtic Manor. So I sort of moved around. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, really. But it was, um, I had a, a guy who was the MD of Hilton called John Dobbs, and he was the one who said, I can see something in you that I think could be nurtured, which I think was really important at a very early age in my career. Because that's what I was going to say, because lots of the women I've spoken to have said that they've had champions in the workplace yeah. and um, it's they can normally always pinpoint that one person. So it was that John Dobbs for you then. So it, He was the one initially. I've met many great people during my career. Yeah. I've always sort of thought, how can I take something from them? I think I worked with a, a lady called Larry Jones when I used to do some um, lecturing yeah. at Cardiff University when I was with Marriott. Um, and she was very inspirational, and I felt there was things I learned from her. I went to work for the Celtic Manor, where Terry Matthews is obviously a billionaire, yeah. so I loved his commerciality, <laughs> yeah. which was really interesting to, to work alongside him. Um, and then I worked for a guy called Alan Parker, who was the MD of Marriott, who went then on to be the CEO of Whitbread, uh, which, you know, he was very interesting to work for and I learned quite a lot from him. And then I worked for Patrick Dempsey, was probably the last MD I worked for that I was inspired by and he was very commercial, very good at making money, yeah. very good at forward insight and I think he made me a much more rounded leader. So would you say then that you've brought all of those skills now then to the steel industry and is that something that you were sort of leading on on the BMT or advising on yeah drawing on your experience I think um I think I am a commercial leader first I just happen to be a functional expert yeah and I and I see myself very much as a leader rather than a HR director I think my where the contribution I add is around the people agenda however I think I have I don't know as much about the steel industry but definitely in the hospitality industry I could do revenue management. I could do anything yeah. in that sector because I led all of the functions procurement. And, you know, Whitbread is a property company. Yeah. So actually, you know, their property portfolio is really quite interesting. Lease and sales and then also purchasing property when the economy is very low so that we maximise the yeah. benefit. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think throughout my career, it's been much more about a commercial leader than it has been maybe more functional. And looking at the gender makeup then yeah. of the hospitality industry, is it is it 
50-50, would you say, you know, no, thereabouts? Or... Hospitality probably is more lent to females, mm. but not females in senior positions. And right. that was something was was a key focus for Whitbread, was gender diversity. Yeah. Um, because we, as you went further up the organisation, there was less and less of them. And, and I've always worked in a male-dominated team throughout my career. Yeah. So I've never really been fortunate to work with lots of women. So, so sometimes that can be tough. Um, but I think equality in relationships is really important and how you can try and help break through those limitations that I think women have. And some of it is about how you feel yourself as a woman yeah. versus what male. I think sometimes I know some of my colleagues that I've worked with, you know, if the CEO would sit down with them and say, right, Amanda, I want you to do this job. I, first of all, my natural reaction would be, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Whereas my colleagues who are male would say, actually, they wouldn't even think twice about it. They would just do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and I think that is something we hold ourselves back rather than actually we must put ourselves forward. You know, and I think, I think earlier on in my career, I felt that, you know, you need to keep changing the attitude that punishes women for their sexuality and rewards men for this. Yeah. And I think, I feel we need to teach men not to feel threatened by the presence and success of a woman, but embrace it. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, th the things that I used to think about was, you know, you have to be competent, confident, competitive and ambitious in the workplace. And you're seen as bo a bossy woman if you are those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And then if you're not careful, the qualities necessary for success end up holding you back. Yeah. So you, I think there is, once you understand it, I think you can react much more positively about changing the attitudes of men. And I think the teams that I've worked in have seen the value that I bring as a woman, because I see things completely different sometimes from Yeah. Me. And I'm polar opposite <laughs> in most cases, <laughs> which yeah. can be challenging. Yeah. And it can be quite hard sometimes, you know, how do you keep pushing the boundaries and the doorways of opportunity to try and make it more visual? But I think I've managed to build the relationships with, you know, the opposite sex in a positive way. I don't need to talk about sports because that's the analogy. Yeah. Analogy. You know, I try to sort of look at it from a much more different perspective what about what about the values people are bringing mm -hmm. and I think I'm much softer in my approach maybe than some men they don't see it in some ways that women see things mm -hmm. I think when they embrace a woman in their team I think they see the value and I think that's half of the problem really isn't it that men have not had to deal with women at a senior level um, throughout their careers and their mentors have mostly been male. So they yeah. have never really had a strong female presence in the workplace. Absolutely. I mean, you're only one of two women on the business management team yeah. at Tata Steel um, for the UK. Yeah. How do you find that then, getting your voice heard? Did you Have you got an issue with that? Has that been a problem for no, you? No, I'm no, sensing I no. So. <laughs> no, I, I, I am quite comfortable in standing alone. Yeah. For people to hear my voice. Um, and even if people look frustrated, which they do many times for me, yeah. I speak up and I keep going. I'm comfortable by using my voice in any forum. And I'm quite comfortable in challenging and shaping what needs to be done for us. So I I don't find it it difficult here or you know, I found it tougher as when I was younger. Yeah. But I do think attitudes have changed. Mm. I think we've done a lot of work, you know, about diversity around gender diversity, yeah. in particular in the UK. So I do think that 
you know, I boards and execs, you know, forums do see the benefit of having a balance. Yeah. And, you know, different nationalities, different yeah. qualities people bring. And I think diversity, regardless of what diversity it is, mm-hmm. is a very good thing to have in any work. But have you always been like that then? So if I'd met you as a 16-year-old, would you have been as confident as you are now? Or is no, this something no. you've cultivated over time? Cultivated. I think I've looked at one of the qualities that make good leadership. And then I thought, well, I've got to keep going. Yeah. And if people think I'm slightly bossy, I have to step away from that and try and make them understand that that isn't a woman being bossy it's somebody who's an equal yeah and I don't believe there's any male that isn't that I'm not equal to yeah Uh, I think I have a contribution to make and I think everybody has a contribution to make and I'm very clear and I think some of my you know experience would would say I have I look at no barriers to entry in a job I Mm. think everybody has potential yeah some potential how you harness that is really important I think that everybody's got a value and a leader's role is to find what value they bring and make it flourish. And, you know, some of the things that I've done in my career has been to, you know, really cultivate how people can grow as individuals and really make them feel like their contribution really matters. And then when it doesn't work out for someone, make them feel good about what it's going to look like in the future. I think that's really important. Because I suppose that's a really important aspect of being a HR director, actually, is seeing that fundamentally everybody has something important to bring to a, a workplace um, and that we all have, you know, that added value yeah, then. Um, do you see it then as one of the more important jobs for you to address a gender misbalance, I suppose, that we have across our industry? Um, as I said in my intro, only 11% of our employees are female um, and um, most of us are in office-based yeah. functional roles. Mm-hmm. How are we as an industry going to move forward um, into more women in operations? Well, I think we are very involved in the STEM uh, initiatives. I-, I was on a call with the CBI this week. Yeah. You know, I think all we can do is promote the industry in schools, colleges, get to people early so yeah. they see the potential. You know, things like you're doing today, publicising how women can get to yeah. roles is very important. And then, you know, our talent, our talent agenda has to drive that agenda even more forward than maybe we have. Yeah. Um, you know, I have bi-monthly meetings now talking about the talent we have. I think, you know, what what Tim is doing with the comms agenda where we've got more females speaking out on the the performance calls is also a good thing. We use Emily, who was amazing. Yeah. Uh, And we've got all that hidden talent in our business that we're not flourishing to the surface. And, Mm. you know, one of the key fundamental things I am really keen on doing is let's look at succession from the bottom up instead mm-hmm. of the top down and I think that is something Shan is with the HR team is working on to f- the surface all these people that have got the potential as well as continue doing all the things we're doing with, with schools and universities to drive the agenda forward about the opportunities that we do have and it isn't just in office jobs there's lots of functional roles yeah. that they could do uh, and maybe look at how we bring some more of the women graduates into operations and then back out. Yeah. So they they get more broader aspects of what this industry has to offer and publicise that a lot more stronger than maybe we have. Because what was your impression when you, you know, day one, you're starting your job, you got the keys to your office and you're like, okay, I'm going to go and have a look around. Mm. What was your impression of this industry? 
it, I think it's quite um, archaic. Yeah. I think it's very old and traditional. And I think what I'm trying to do, and I, I know Martin and the team are very keen, is how do we bring it into the 20th century? Yeah. You know, the kit is old. We get that. The product's old. However, you don't need to have all everything else to be old practices. Let's think about what the new is. And I think more people externally is also a good thing as well as... Yeah. Because they drive change. Mm. And they see, they've see they seen many different things. And I think what we've got to do now is we've got to keep working on what can we drive that's going to change the perception, but also what we currently work in. Yeah, because I would say one of the best things about this industry is that we're a heritage industry and you will see many generations of one family having worked on, you know, in Patalbot where we're sitting today, this site, you know, there will have been great grandparents, you know, and now great grandchildren working in the industry. And that's great. Um, and I think that feeds into the passion that people yeah, have yeah. for this industry. But like you say, there's um, it can often often feel as if it's a bit of a secret club. Then in that yeah. respect, if you're trying to to get in get into the clique, yeah, it's how difficult. How you harness that? How you harness the generation? Because there's positives. Yeah. But also keep building. What what is the change that's required to get us to the next level and drive? our commercial agenda even more broadly than maybe we have previously. So where do you think the future for talent is in this industry then? Is it about diversifying? So it's not just, you know, this homogenous white male group. We need more women, more people from sort of BAME backgrounds, all different ethnicities. I think it's everywhere. I think talent's everywhere. Yeah. I I don't really want to pinpoint on, on female and male or nationality. I want yeah. everything because... <laughs> When you have everything, you have a blend of the best. Yeah. So I, I don't want to limit us because you have to have the very best people in the jobs. Mm. That is a fact. You have to be able to develop those people even harder maybe than we've developed them before. Yeah. We have to show that the career paths, there are various ways in doing it. It's not just straight. Mm. Um, and and education is not everything. Yeah. There can be some great people who may not be, you know, have got a degree, but they actually have got a lot of talent that we could just, if we just harnessed it in the right way, they would be as successful as people who come out of university. And I think that's where I think we need to get the right balance. So why do you think we've not been doing that before then? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I could say various things, but, but I don't really know. I think it's a very traditional industry and I think maybe some of it hasn't moved with how externally things have moved as quickly and I think you know when you work for I mean you've worked for different you know owners yeah that also may not have been as helpful I think what probably I've brought here I would hope is I've worked for private mm. and I think when you work for a corporate company where the shareholder is really important and it's a key stakeholder then you have to drive the right commercial agenda yeah. because they need you need to prove that you are a successful team to deliver what's required. So, but I do think they, you know, they've had some tough times and I think they are such a resilient workforce. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say this, I would say it's probably the most resilient workforce I've ever, ever worked in. So I think it's how do you harness again the resilience, but yeah. also let's see where the next 
agenda, you know, of where we could be from a strategic perspective can look like. So I, I think harness what's great, but also look at what we could be much better in, in the future. Because I, it is very difficult, I think, as well, um, as women, because oftentimes you will take um, periods out of employment um, for maternity leave. Um, we often are the ones who are primary caregivers for family members, maybe, and, and for our children. So it is difficult then sometimes to be so driven in your career if maybe or potentially you're working part time, you know, are we looking at then how do we um, not discount women in particular now in this yeah. instance, if they are part time working from promotions and from, you know, being spotted as um, that future talent? Mm. I, I think that probably we I think we've got lots of talent platforms. Yeah. And I think we've got a, some great processes, but process don't bring to life people. No. Right. It's mm. just a means to an end. And I think sometimes we may have spent a bit too much time on the process and not enough time on what are the what is what are the people actually. We're a workplace of engineers, Amanda. I That's what we love process. But we need a balance of both. Yeah. So I think I think we have some good. We have flexible working. I think Tata is very good at giving people you know part time working. Lots of organisations that I've worked with previously wouldn't have been probably as good at that. Oh, right. You know, you know, they would look at how do you ensure that you get people who've been on maternity back to workplace who are really high potential people. Yeah. Uh, but not everybody. So I mm. think Taz has got some great um, policies in yeah. place. Whether they're adhered to in the right way, I would question in some cases. Yeah. But I think if you spot great talent, then you should find a way of harnessing that to get to the best result for the individual and for the organization because they can only be great well yeah and, and I think actually we're at quite an in, well, we're always an interesting yeah. time in this industry but um, I particularly I think you know with the COVID lockdown yeah. we've had swathes of us working from home yeah. um, it's been more flexible for, yeah. for a lot of us um, and I think it's it it's broken down that narrative that we did have of presenteeism, yeah. um, particularly for the functions and offices. You know, you had to clock in at a yeah. time, you clock out at a certain time and you needed to be here Monday yeah. to Friday. I think it's tipped it all on its head now, hasn't it? But I think not just for Tata, for yeah, all for the world. For the yeah, world. So yeah. I think what COVID has done, if there's been any positives, yeah. is that it has actually shown that people can be innovative. Yeah. We've seen that in lots of works areas is shown that people can work flexibly yeah. and still be uh, uh you know productive yeah because i think you have to have both you can't just have people working from home if they're not being productive it's yeah so i think what it is is carved away for the new norm will never be the same as it was before no and i think that it's opened up people's minds i mean lots of industries are not even having offices in the no, future yeah. so they're finding different ways of executing their business so i think from that perspective it would be a good thing yeah and i think what we should do is again harness what's great you know and let go of yeah. the stuff that isn't so great because there'll be there'll be those two things that you need to weigh up 
when you make yeah. decisions. Um, Although I'm sure there'd be people listening to this going, yeah, it has been actually really good working from home yeah. and it's given me more flexibility. But also you can feel a bit forgotten yeah, then, can't yeah. you? You're outside of the office loop. Um, you're not being seen, no. I suppose. How, if you're then ambitious and you want to, to progress, how would you suggest that people who are working from home want to feel a bit, well, I'm doing my job, but I, I don't know how I'm going to be progressing because... I don't see anybody, you know. And... There's two things. I think you need a blend of both. I yeah. think working from home full time suits some people. Some yeah. people have found it very challenging. Yeah. You know, from a mental health perspective, and yeah. we have to be mindful of that. Mm. So that's why our guidelines are saying that if you are finding it difficult, we have to find provisions to make sure you're you come back to work safely. Yeah. Um, but I think it's upskilling line managers, which is what we're starting to do around how do you identify what great talent looks like? Great. How do you nurture it? Mm. And the engagement survey really couldn't come at a better time. Fab. So the 5th of October, we will really get a good feel and a sense of how the organisation is feeling. And then how do we respond to that? And I think we've got to keep listening because everybody's got a voice. Yeah. So keep giving the feedback. We started looking at how we can improve some of our policies and processes to make them easier for line managers to execute. Yeah. Um, you know, I always think simplicity is the way forward. Yeah. So although we are, we are a group of engineers, <laughs> I am trying to break down the barriers that you <laughs> yeah. have to simplify some of the things that we do, make people hold them to account because people like to be held to account, Yeah. value their contribution and make people feel good about the contribution that they make, regardless of where they sit. Yeah, whether at home or whether in you know in the office or in the operation, everybody's contribution matters. And if it doesn't, and it's not the right industry for them, we have to find a way for them to find something that's right for them. It is such a strange time at the yeah. moment, and you can feel isolated at home. And yeah. then I'm sure there'll be people listening to this thinking, "Well, I've been in work every bloody day." To yeah, be honest yeah. with you, I, you know, nothing's yeah. changed for me. But it's about knowing now that you know that line managers are looking and yeah. are on the scout for talent, and yeah. um, hopefully, this new this new world we're moving into will be beneficial for a lot of us. Yeah, and I think you know. keep connected. Keep connected to the people you work with. Keep connected to your line manager. You know, I do think that spotting talent also is a two-way thing. You yeah. want to show that you are also very interested and drive your own yeah. agenda. I think, you know, you can't leave everything to your line manager. You know, an organisation can only take responsibility for so much. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, well, my boss won't do it for me. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, take, if you really are ambitious, take take your the ownership of your development, where you want to be. Be very clear about the goals you are setting yourself. And then I think most organisations will help you get there. Yeah. So... You've got really big job on your hands. Yeah. Um, your team then, what's the gender makeup in, in your sort of senior team? Mm, I've got two males and one female. Yeah. I did have all male. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then when you go down the next level, yeah. I've got one one male and the rest are female. Mm. So, you know, I am quite keen on getting more gender balance. Yeah. But equally, I want the right person for the job. Mm. And you also need to not force things in. Yeah. So some professions have are quite male dominant. Yeah. That is always going to be a fact, and you're always going to have that statistic. Mm. You can try and drive more females into engineering, for example, but if it is quite male dominated, it'll take quite a long time to get that, mm. you know, that percentage yeah. difference. 
And I think HR has traditionally been much more female oriented, yeah. although we have seen a shift. So you've got to see what's available, yeah. who's attending the courses, so that you can then start building what what could be that mm. mix. Uh, but I do think I'm really more interested in the right person for the job, regardless. Do you think, though, a lot of it has happened, um, you know, because you mentioned engineering, and particularly in this organisation, yeah. do we um, promote within our own image? You know, we like to have people around us who a mirror of ourselves. mirrors of ourselves. Do you think that has happened? Absolutely. I think it does. But I think it's, you know, how do you change that perception? How do you get people to think differently? Yeah. I think that's what you have to do. You have to keep breaking down the barriers. Yeah. Keep listening, responding, adapting, changing. And I think, you know, change is quite tough for people. Yeah. You know, I, I love change, so <laughs> I embrace it. But I do speak to lots of people and they're saying, oh, I don't know, Amanda. I'm saying, just try it. Yeah. Try something different because you'll be absolutely amazed at the changes you will see and the results that you, you, you'll get. And I think now the new leadership framework coming in will start setting a different tone. Yeah. Um, start, you know, helping people tell their own leadership story because I don't want clones. Yeah. I want people to express it in the way that they think is right but it also is authentic to them because authenticity is really important, I think, around trust. Yeah. You know, share something about yourself. Show people that you're human. You know, we're no different. I'm yeah. no different to anybody else in this business. And I get vulnerable. I mm. feel less confident in time at times. And I think if you show that vulnerability, people do think, right, well, I could do it. And she feels exactly like I feel. So yeah. it's not, that's not wrong. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. How you feel is how you feel. It's how you express it and how you share it so that people can help you. I think there definitely has been people um, leaning into being more their authentic self yeah. in the workplace yeah. then and not being two distinct people, yeah. which is maybe what we were encouraged to be, you know, yeah. going back 10, 20 years yeah. ago, you know, you're I'm near, one near in work and then I'm one near at home. But we're just messy humans, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. We're all, we just... It can't be because one will bleed into the other, won't yeah. it? And you won't feel fulfilled. No. So I'm no different at home to to when I'm in work. Uh, it's just a different scenery. Yeah. And I have different priorities. That's the only difference. Yeah, but you're not chasing KPIs at home, are you? No. I'm not, no, no <laughs> you're not no. sitting around the kitchen table going, right, no. let's look at this. No, but I have to be assertive with my husband on occasions because he's a bit more laid back. So, you know, somebody has to take the. Yeah. Time. But I think, you know, you want to be an engaging leader where you can set the direction people are going in. You help them deliver what they need to deliver, be the best they can be. Yeah. You listen to them. So this two-way communication is really important. And you disclose things about yourself that makes them feel you are the same yeah. as them. And, and I, I'm very clear that, you know, what you see is what you get with me. Yeah. I've never been, I've never been any different in my career. I've never tried to be anything different. And I, I don't think there's anybody better than me, mm. but I also don't think there's anybody worse than me. So yeah. I, I, I don't have that ego. I never have had. I believe that people are people and you should drive the agenda to get the best out of them. Don't try and be something that you're not. Be yeah. who you are. Because people will either love you for who you are or they won't. Yeah. So you can't change who you are. You can try and refine mm. a little bit. Uh, and I've always thought, build... Build on people's strengths rather than keep looking at what they're not good at, unless it's detrimental to them and the yeah. business. And then you have to, 
do the tough love, which I'm also happy to do. Because that's quite a female trait, isn't it? The tough love, that sort of, you know, um, you know, I, I'm I'm doing this for your own good, you know, because yeah. that's women are often very good at that. Yeah. Um, it can often come off as chastisement yeah. if if it's from a man, can't yeah. it? Because maybe they're not yeah. as good as the softer skills. I'm sure there'll be people listening yeah. going, "Well, I'm brilliant at the softer yeah. skills," yeah. but um, do you often wonder? Because it, it sounds to me that you've often worked um, in very male-dominated environments at high levels. You know, being the only woman at a table. Yeah. Do you sometimes think, you know, if it's a parallel universe and you'd been working around women all this time, would you be a different person? Would you have different skills? Or, you know, do you feel as if you've been honed by the men around you? Or... I think they've helped me. Yeah? They've helped me be tougher. Yeah. And I think that's good. They've they've helped me to be resilient myself. They, yeah. You know, I think even though deep down some of them on occasions have thought, mm, you know, I'm not happy about what she said. Mm. I think they value the fact that I go, that I am, I will call it out. Yeah. Uh, I will present the tough love, but I'll also coach and support them. Yeah. And, you know, I can give the tough love, but also give them what what we could do next. And, you know, I always feel like I'm in it together. I am very self-aware. I know where my own Mm. development areas have been over the years. And I've, you know, tried to adapt. Yeah. Uh, But I also think women have, quite a lot of emotional intelligence, which I yeah. sometimes think in some of the opposite sect, they do lack a little bit of that yeah. on occasions. So I think that emotional intelligence is as important as any other intelligence. And I think mm-hmm. you shouldn't underestimate it. And I think sometimes they do. I think they do. Um, do you think, or would you like to see there more women at a senior level um, in this industry in say 10 15 years time Absolutely. do you think it would benefit the industry i think it would hugely benefit the industry and i think we've already seen some positive shoots of that with people like emily yeah you know our, our apprentices we we have more females than maybe we did previously mm-hmm. you know you've got people like laura who's a good yeah. role model for that Fab. and i think all you know all the women who are in these roles you know, you also have a responsibility to help create the environment that we want, you know, to set the yeah. agenda and see people flourish in here. You know, I am so keen on Emily now being somebody that we have, that we want to flourish and yeah. make sure that um, she develops in the right way and she's seen as somebody who's, you know, is going to be a leader of the future because that generation are the leaders of the future. And yeah. that's why it's important that we, as a as a BMT, get our hands around these people now and help develop them and take a big interest in them. And that's what we will be doing. Fantastic. Um, one final question yeah. for you. So if um, you were in a time machine and you go and meet 18-year-old Amanda, yeah. what words of wisdom or advice would you give her? I probably would say, don't try and be better than anybody else. Just be the best you can be. Yeah. Because nobody can take that away from you. Seize every opportunity that you find take responsibility for your behaviors and also for your development um work with as many diverse people as you can because you learn so much and adapt to change positively fab thank you so much what a privilege thank you so much thank you so So that was an interesting conversation and just listening to amanda you could tell that she was driven to succeed um, from a young age and that she was never going to let her gender be a limiting factor for her 
But I certainly think that the guidance she received from mentors along the way, and John Dobbs, she particularly mentioned, early in her career, seems to have helped her carve um, the successful career path that then she's enjoyed in the years since. I really like her thinking around the development of talent, the idea that we each have something to bring and added value. You know, our potential is there waiting to be unlocked. But like she said, you know, this is something we all need to take personal responsibility for. So while our team leaders and indeed senior leaders um, in the organisation need to have a good handle, um, you know, on their talent pipelines, it's incumbent upon us that if we want to achieve, we also have to put in that work and let people know and knock on those doors. Um, but we also need to be sure that the system around us won't be a barrier in our progression, that we're working in an organisation um, that doesn't just promote uh, in its likeness, that regardless um, of your gender, your ethnicity, that we can still achieve. And I really feel that with Amanda overseeing it, um, it won't be a barrier in our place. So the future's looking bright.